0: This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast, Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and Jamie Rivers. Jamie, it is really a terrible shame that we don't have a damn thing to talk about.
1: Yeah, boring uh, in the life of the St. Louis Blues right now. No trades, uh, no drama. Coach is happy. Dude, so <laughs> I re- I pretty much religiously, like a
0: sick person, watch pretty much all of the media stuff that Baruby does. All right, pre-games, post-games. I love them. I-, I love them. So last night I'm in my office. I'm doing work after that game was over. I had flipped it around, saw Petro score a game-winning goal for Vegas, turn the TV off, and then my email goes off. Bing! And it's the post-game email with the post-game press conference from Coach Perubi. Yeah. Glad I took the three minutes to watch that. <laughs> Holy hell, Jamie. I don't even know where to start. I have so many things that I want to ask you. Well,
1: fire away, my good man.
0: All right. So, first and foremost, Luke Horak interviewing Torpchenko last night after the game. The kid, long and short of it, says not everybody was given their best effort. This is really disappointing. It's the NHL, not a beer league. Korak then goes and asks Coach Barubi what he thought about the things in which Torpo had said if he has a right to be mad. And here is what Coach Barubi said, part of the quote. Uh, he said, 100% for sure. They should be very, very happy that we've got this guy on our team. That he's laying it out on the line. They should be inspired by it and they should go out and play inspired. Our best players don't play with Any passion, no emotion, and no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, and being inspired. They're getting paid lots of money and they're not doing their job. End of story. That's it. That's what it boils down to. And he says that as he is getting up and walking the hell out of the room because Coach had had enough. Wow, dude. Wow. Well, is he wrong? No, he's not wrong at all. I mean, the thing about the thing that I think of this. Is when coaches or GMs are in a situation where they have to say something like this. They know they don't get the chance to do it really again, right? I mean, like, so I'm just, you know, like, I, I wonder what the players are thinking at this point. I, I wonder.
1: Well, here's what I think about that. I hope the players are pissed off. They're that they, piss, pissed off that he said it. Yes. Yes. The reason I hope they're pissed off, that means that they do have some emotion. That means that they do have some pride, okay? Mm -hmm. If that's water off a duck's back, there's a problem. Yeah. So for me, if I'm a leader in that locker room, I want to see the reaction of certain players. I want to watch their work ethic at practice. I want to watch their demeanor, their body language, because I want them to be responding the right way which is not, woe is me, and I'm mad at him, and how dare he say those things about me. I want to see the, you know what, I'm going to stick it where the sun don't shine on you, Baruby. I don't care what you say. That's what I want from my guys. And so it's going to be interesting to find out how practice went today and then, of course, moving forward, you know, what things look like for this team. But Craig Baruby had every right to do that, man. Since these trades have gone down, like the, the group looked, Inspired after the Tarasenko trade, for whatever reason. Um, then the O'Reilly and Achari trade, definitely that's a gut punch. And so I think since then, it's been very lifeless at times. And you can't, you don't have the talent in your lineup to play lifeless hockey. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of guys who are trying to win jobs, keep jobs, and prove that they're worth their value, too. You know, everybody's pointing the finger at Thomas and Cairo right now. Of course you do. Eight years after this at $8 million, it's easy to point the finger at them. They absolutely could be playing better than what they're playing right now. They could be playing way more inspired, with more passion, all of that. But they're not the only guys. Yeah. They're not the only guys. There's other guys right now on your roster that could be playing a lot better than what they are. Your best players are guys that... Quite honestly, weren't even in the picture, and and shouldn't be being your best players. No, every I mean, night, Torchenko right? was amazing last night, dude. He was all over. He Here, was great. Look at me
0: falling in love with another <laughs> flipping Russian player, man. Yeah, but dude, Russians, I huh? love that guy, man. And also, too, every time he's on the ice, Jamie, I know he's on the god dang ice, and I can't say that about every guy on our team. And it's so frustrating. I think Coach Barubi said like five or six guys, or 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 a handful yeah. of guys. He's not were, were, we're working. It's so bananas to me that it, that it's gotten to this point. But also, too, I know that there's a maturation process going with these kids, too.
1: Yeah. And I know that that can't be overlooked as well. No, but- they're learning on the fly here. So, so I, I said this yesterday on the Fast Lane. I said, you know, these young guys have always had a shield. And what I mean by that is, like, Robert Thomas, when he first got here, uh, the the tough go in 2019 before things turned around, you had Petro, you had O'Reilly, you had Shen, you had Steen, you had layer upon layer of leadership. Yeah. Then once Petro left, you still had O'Reilly, Perron, Shen. Like you still had layers of, now you don't. You're the guy. You're kind of the guy now. Now you got Braden Shen, you got Justin Falk, you got some guys, some veteran players, but people, I don't want to say this, well, I'm just gonna say people aren't necessarily interested in what they have to say right now. Mm-hmm. They want to hear what the the future of the franchise has to say, yeah, and so all eyes are pointed at Thomas and Cairo and so it, yeah, the maturation process it's begun like you're gonna there's gonna be some days where life is tough on the ice and off the ice, like right now today, life sucks. For those guys, because off the ice they're hearing all this stuff about them, and they're not performing well, and, and you know it's just not fun. On the ice, they're not performing well right now. They're not scoring goals. The team's not winning. So life is tough right now for those guys. Man, so um, where do you go?
0: So the idea of benching them is nothing in which that can happen at this point of the season, just because of the the, the, the drop you have off to bench? in talent. Well, you shouldn't have no, to. No, but I'm just saying, like, so people always say that. Like, well, I'll sit them in the press box. Okay. Right, but your, <laughs> your question with that is was what happens the next game when well, it, they too. do like, play and
1: they don't play well again? Yeah, what are you going to do? What's your recourse then? Right. right you've already, like, you've – here's the thing. I think what Craig Berube did was genius because he didn't have to bench them, didn't have to sit them in the press box. He just kind of called them out. And the best way possible, which is through the media, which he knows social media runs wild. So now he's gotten his point across. doesn't have to bench him. So now he wants to see what the reaction is from the players. So we'll see tomorrow afternoon when they play the Pittsburgh Penguins what the reaction is. Man, and like there has been –
0: so I have seen trade speculation this week. Take it for what you will because it always is what it is. But the potential for – Tory Krug and Ottawa and people inquiring about Colton Pareco, which to me seems kind of almost not real because in of the, way? because of the money that Colton is still owed yep. over such a long period of time yep. and the season in which that he has had, which has been, I would think, probably less than Stellar.
1: Well, if you're a team that's contending, I absolutely want Colton Pareco.
0: Because he because chances are he's not going to be your number one. That's right. And that's the issue here,
1: namely. It's been the issue from the very get-go. Once Alex Petrangelo left, and I know Doug Armstrong well. I don't know this to be true, but I will assume that I bet he wishes he said something different than he's the alpha dog now. When, he's, when he was talking about Pareko, yeah. once Petro... Left. Because that put it all on him to be the number one guy, right? Yeah, and look, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. Of course, it's easy to go back and say, yeah, best... In the moment, I don't think anybody believed that not to be true when it was said. So, yeah. you know, all things being fair, all things being equal, it was probably what he thought at the moment. That's probably the decision the organization had made, and he probably wasn't the only one who thought that. But... That being said, Colton Pareko, it, like I said this yesterday, if you took Colton Pareko and dropped him in Toronto right now and played him with Morgan Riley, watch out. Yep. Watch out. If you took Colton Pareko and put him with the New York Rangers, if you put him with the Carolina Hurricanes, like, it's a different player. And at 6.5, that's manageable. Sure. Yeah, all of a sudden, when you have a, gr- a great team and you've got a guy – like. Go through and look at some of the top four defensemen what their salaries are around the league. There's guys that are making $5, $6, 7000000 million that are not as good as Colton Pareco. Mm-hmm. So when people look at the contract, they go, ah, man, I, I get it. It's, it's a long contract. But in the right situation... He's perfect.
0: Right. Crestwood Dental Group, my dentist, my family's dentist, Dr. James Maxwell. They are celebrating 20 years this month. Congratulations to Dr. Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental Group and... They are celebrating by giving you a deal, all right? 20% off their in-office membership plan, 20% off some of the uh, the laser whitening that they do as well, all right? And that 20% off, uh, that in-office membership, that includes two cleanings during the course of the year, discount on treatment, and a bunch more. And you could find out more about Crestwood Dental Group and Dr. James Maxwell by going to CrestwoodDental.com. That's CrestwoodDental.com or give them a call at 314-820 zero zero nine zero nine dr maxwell is the dentist for me for mary for the kiddos for my dad for my brother uh i absolutely love dr maxwell and um we often have conversations after Blues games, sometimes uh, happy, but lately <laughs> very sad. Find out more what's going on with Crestwood Dental Group and Dr. James Maxwell by going to CrestwoodDental.com or give him a ring at 314-820-0909. It's Crestwood Dental Group. And I believe when that deal was signed, one of the things that we said was that, you know, Pareco was taking a bit of a haircut as far as the, 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 the yearly term, but that he was getting eight years, right. which is... You know, which
1: was something that he wanted was that, yeah, that, that, okay. And whoever trades for him in a year or two, when the salary cap goes up, it's going to be irrelevant. Right. It, it's going to be a drop in the bucket. It's, it's going to be, a- be like, dude, makes nothing. Okay. So then, okay.
0: My mind moving a mile a freaking minute. What happens now, dude? So one of the things that before last night, I was kind of excited about the process. Of having these number one picks, of having some draft assets to be able to work with. Yeah. Now, after last night, I, I I feel a little more glass half empty than glass half full, but it doesn't have to be this way. Jamie, what do you think happens with those picks? Oh. Do you think that they turn into an NHL deal? Do you think come draft day that the Blues still have three number ones or whatever the heck they have? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't think they'll have the three number ones come draft day. I just don't think that Army's going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a tough spot for Army because he does not have a lot of salary cap to work with. So if he's going to use assets to go and acquire, let's just say Timo Mayer, mm-hmm. okay, because that's in the rumor mill. I could go through a bunch of teams and bring up different players, but we'll just use the one that's actually in the rumor mill right now. Well, Timo Meyer is going to want to get paid. Mm-hmm. He's got one more year left of team control. And the qualifying offer for that, by the way, is $10 million. Oh, baby. Yeah. So if you're going to get a discount on that, you're probably going to have to go eight to nine, somewhere in there, and you will probably going to have to give them seven or eight years. Where do you have the salary cap space? You don't. You have a number of players, three or four guys that have to be re-signed that are going to be restricted free agents for your club. Um, you have to fill out a roster. So if you add Timo Meyer right now to this roster, make a big difference? I mean, no, no. No. The answer is no, no. No. So what are you going to do? So if you use eight or nine million dollars on Timo Meyer, you're left with like four million left, and you've got to resign Torbchenko, um, Tyler Tucker. They're smaller contracts, but still add up. Probably add up to two or three million total with all the restricted free agents. So now you're up to your salary cap. There you go, and you've done almost nothing. Okay, so Army's going to have to, um, he's going to have to move a contract. Uh huh. Hello, Tori Krug. Maybe, but you got to remember these guys have no trade clause. Sure. So now it's not a no movement clause, but a no trade clause means he says I don't want to go there. Right. So he'll have so he would gotta, have a list. So Army again's got to do this. Got to find a dance partner. Like with Tarasenko. That whole thing, the reason Vladimir Tarasenko wasn't traded sooner is because Vladdy had very specific requirements to where he would go. Yeah. And those teams couldn't fit him under their salary cap. He wasn't going to go to an Arizona, to a, a Anaheim. or He wasn't going to do that. Right. So Tor- if you think Torrey Krug's going to just okay a trade to wherever, right, you're mistaken. Well, because
0: he's one of those guys that has plenty of NHL experience. He's earned the right to have that
1: contract and to have that he no has. movement m- movement thing. But these players, like your top four defensemen, all have no trade clauses. Huh. So what do you do? I, well, I don't you gotta know. you got to find a dance partner, but then they're going to want you to take back some of the money. Like, And Krug's got, what, five years left on his deal? Right. Like, okay. This is not
0: going to be easy. Okay, so let me ask this. So when I look at our team right now, I, obviously, and it's something we've talked about all this year, we talked about it a bit last year, I just feel like In the defensive core, something is off. Something is not right. Doesn't that have to be one of the
1: first things that you address in the offseason? Somehow, some way. But somehow, some way, Donnie. Right. Wish upon a star. Like, it's the same crap. Like, what do you want to, somehow, some way. The only way to address it is by making a trade. Right.
0: Boy, they are in a spot.
1: Now, the good thing is, is that the players that they do have under those contracts, they've earned those contracts. Why? Because that they did play to a standard. Yeah. So if they get back to playing to that standard, all of a sudden, everything gets a little bit better. And at the same time, you need the forwards to buy in, too, because no team anymore plays defense with just two defensemen. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a team concept. It's a five-man concept. We saw that when the Blues won the Cup. That's right. And so... As much as we point the finger at you know Tori Krug or Colton Pareko or Justin Falk or Nick Letty, it's everybody. They're sometimes they're left on an island mm-hmm. out there, and the league is full of very talented hockey players. And sometimes two guys ain't enough to defend three.
0: Isn't it so crazy that I just? It is crazy to me that we are sitting here on February the twenty fourth. The team has is not going well, and this kind of Dard thing is becoming potentially closer yeah. and closer. I mean, obviously, it was would... quite a
1: gap there. Like, I looked at it yesterday because everybody always asks me about it. You know? Right. And I've said from the very beginning, I'm like, you'll never suck bad enough to really be in the conversation. hmm And I maintain that comment right yeah. now. You look at the standings, and the closest team to the Blues is like five or six points behind them. hmm Well, that means that team's going to have to win two or three, and you're going to have to lose two or three for them to catch you. That's just one team. All of those teams that are down there, by the way, they're going to do everything they can to really suck over the next little while because they're trying to increase their odds, too. So, like the Chicago Blackhawks who are underneath you, Max Domi's going to get traded. Patrick Kane's going to get traded. Jonathan is probably not going to play the rest of the season. You think they're going to get better? No. No. Arizona, they're looking to trade Jacob Chickren. They're looking to move some other pieces, too. They're going to get worse. Anaheim's gonna get worse. All of these teams are going to get worse, and your team is just not going to be able to, 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 to be, be as bad. That, to be that <laughs> this bad. is such a screwy <laughs> conversation, right? But you know what, Jamie as I a, mean you'll get you'll have a chance, okay? Because yeah. everybody has a chance to win the lottery, right? Sure, sure. I buy my ticket, <laughs> right. I've got a chance. So, so um
0: as a former player, man, like I just have a very it's just me and the way that my brain is wired having a hard time rooting for m- my team to lose so they get a better dra- draft draft. Do it. It's it's listen, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I just can't. And, and like, and also too, once O'Reilly was traded, I made a tweet about, um, you know, if the Blues don't sneak into the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. And I just get blown up with this litany of people going we want the draft pick. We want the draft pick. We don't want to make the playoffs. And I'm thinking to myself, "Okay, I very much understand what you're saying, but one of the things that we've talked about in the last couple of podcasts is how big of a deal two playoff games of revenue means for the team."
1: Yeah. It's... And so that
0: was that was my that was my point. I know we don't have a huge ownership group with super 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 deep pockets. We got a bunch of guys, so I just thought that that would still be a good thing for the team, but I guess,
1: hell, Jamie, I don't even know anymore. Well, the, the, the problem that you're having with your your conundrum right now is that you're coupling business and sport together. So from a sports standpoint, uh, it's better off to get the draft picks. and you know, But from a business standpoint, it's better off to make the playoffs and get revenue. Right. So both of those things are pulling in almost opposite directions. So, but I can guarantee you this, that Doug Armstrong's had the conversation with ownership, and when he started to make the moves, of Tarasenko, Mikula, O'Reilly, Achari, that he had full support from the ownership, saying, you know what, we understand that playoffs yep. are not going to happen this year. Do what you have to do, but we really want to be back in the playoffs next year. Right. Like So whatever you got to do, whatever you can whittle away and do, Fine. We'll give you this year. Here's your yellow card. Next year, it's a red card if you take
0: it back in. All right, man. So this is uh, we got a lot of emails, and maybe we'll get to those the next time or whatever. But I, 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 I love Coach Barubi. I, I just, I think the world of him. I, I, he just feels like a great St. Louis Blues coach. But at the end of the day, oh, he is paid to get through to his players and to motivate what kind of what kind of leash does does coach Barubi have as far as making it work with these guys that he is a, i mean there there's a communication gap somewhere along the line yeah how much room does coach Barubi have before legitimately we start talking about maybe it being a coach issue so and i don't think it's
1: that way i want to no, make no, it I clear don't. but you know what i'm saying yeah and i don't either i mean i support chief uh, to the end of the earth i'm i'm right there with him but so here's chronologically, here's how it works. Uh, the organization's already made their choice. Craig Berube is the coach. How did they make that choice? Well, they started getting rid, of, getting rid of players. Had they not gotten rid of players, had they said, we're going to try and make this work, then the coach has to go when things don't work out. Mm-hmm. Because can't, you can't have one without the other type thing. So the fact that the team has now started to move pieces away, to me, that's all the job security chief needs. He will not be fired. Oh, now, knock on wood. Here I am declaring it. But <laughs> in my experience, you don't take away the coach's best players and then blame him for losing. Mm-hmm. Okay, it'd kind of be like the biggest dork move you could ever do. Yep, yep. Um, so he's safe, in my opinion, through this process. Now, if at the beginning of next season things don't go well, and by Christmas time things are still really bad, then he's at risk. Mm-hmm. Because you've given him new players. You have you know what I'm saying? Yep, you turn the roster
0: a bit to give him some new horses. Yeah.
1: Now, that being said, if I'm Craig Berube, I'm having a real good conversation with Doug Armstrong saying, hey, I understand you're the president and the GM of this hockey club. Um, but I would really like to have some input on players that we acquire. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Bill Parcells said this a long time ago. He says, how can you expect me to cook the meal if you don't let me buy the ingredients?
0: Makes perfect sense.
1: And I don't know, I, I know that they talk, but I also know that Doug Armstrong um, is, is kind of a one-man gang. He makes the decisions. It's, yeah, you know, like, at the end of the day, Army is the, the stamp on the paperwork. That's mm-hmm. it. Maybe there's more of a group decision, meaning maybe Craig Berube and Army sit down maybe with someone like Al McInnes, Keith Kachuk, or whoever else is in their little circle of trust, and they have a list of players, and they go through and they, what they like, what they don't like, the potential, uh, the pitfalls, you know, all this stuff, and then Army says, okay, Chief, if you had your choice, which of these two or three players would be ideal for you? Chief gives his opinion. And then at least Army knows mm-hmm. he may not, he may not listen. Sure. He may do something different or he might disagree, whatever it is. But at least then your coach is part of the process and they may already be doing this. Sure. I don't know. I'm not behind the closed doors in the meeting. I do know that they have a lot of dialogue almost on a daily basis. Army's talking to Craig Berube. So maybe they're way ahead of this and this has happened a long time ago, but I'm just hoping that that's part of the process moving forward so that if you do move on from the coach, it's not like you've only given him what you think, and he's never had a chance to pick his own guys. Yeah, last night after the game, I don't, I, I think I might have even
0: turned it over onto the radio side and heard somebody say that there's 25 games left in the year, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that, that that feels like a hundred at this point, man. Like, and and I hate being that way. I love watching hockey, but. Oh, Last night was such a slog, man. Like, like after that, after Vancouver scored
1: their first goal, made it two to one. I was just like, this is not, this is not looking good. I knew it was going to bite us in the behind when they pulled their goalie, and we had two clear opportunities to score, and we had players looking to make a pass. I get it. Okay, I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone, driving in today. A very well known person here in St. Louis, who remain nameless right now and I said ordinarily you're proud of your guys looking to make a pass or set up another guy for an empty netter when your team is in disarray and you're losing and things are not good I need you to bury that puck I need you to put that thing in the net for me please don't be looking left and right put it in the net and they didn't and as soon as they started looking to spread the wealth I was like you guys are not in a position to spread the wealth this is going to bite us in the ass and I was on the phone with my girlfriend and I said, uh, "They're going to lose this game." I. Rem- she was like, "What? I, they're going to lose this game." One of the things.
0: One of the things that I was thinking of is when we had our podcast with Brett Hall, me, you, and Jeff. Yeah. Uh, however many months ago, or a year ago, or whatever, and I, there was a play last night where Colton Pareco had like a partial break, and he came in and missed the net by like four feet, and every time I see somebody do that, I think of of how Brett that day was so adamant about players missing shots so much and him not understanding it at all. No, got to hit the net. Well, Jamie going to be an interesting bunch of podcasts (laughs) here going forward brother yeah it will be it'll be something we've got a ton of emails and we'll get to those on the next podcast and if you want to send us one lmbp at 1057thepoint.com last minute blues podcast for jamie rivers uh jeff burton i'm donnie fandango as always let's go blues. the last minute blues podcast hear more at 1057thepoint.com